this is Michael James Benson. This is the podcast Top Notch Nonsense. In 1987, a year after Blue Velvet was released, Warner Brothers hired David Lynch to do an adaptation on the book Goddess, which uh, chronicled the last 16 days of Marilyn Monroe. It was going to, uh, Marilyn was going to be played by Jessica Lange, and she oh. was going in the end of the movie, and uh, the end of the movie, and why it ultimately did not get funded was that she dies at the end by the hands of Robert Kennedy. Oh, snap. I would love to see that. Now, I would have paid theater money now to go see that. Absolutely. And not watch what we saw yes. three or four days ago. Yes. Which was... By far, I don't. Uh, we're gonna become. We're gonna be very uh, canon frank about this. We saw. Uh, we both of us saw the new uh, portrayal of Marilyn uh, called Blonde, and we're going to be reviewing it here today. And we're also going to be reviewing a much better movie to watch that is not barely two stars. That is not an and it's not awful three hours piece of long shit. Either. That is not three. That is not two hours and forty-seven minutes of torture porn. Um, which, you know, if we want to get right into it, it, that's basically more or less what we saw. That's basically... I think that about covers it. <laughs> I don't really have any other... I mean, I have a whole bunch of notes, but they're all basically the same note. And it's really sad because I personally... Before we get into the movies, just in general, I like... I'm going to ask you what your... Uh, what your favorites of what do you think of Marilyn? What do you enjoy, I mean? What do you enjoy the most about Marilyn well, as an actress? Before we get into well, oh, as an actress, well, she could she could be really really funny. She had great comedic timing, yeah. But she was also really good at um, playing vulnerability. So that she had a really good blend of comedy and vulnerability that I think can be really relatable and very powerful. And that's why she is enjoyable to watch that's one of the yeah one of the reasons that and to many people she's drop dead gorgeous she knows how to play with that's her persona given. yeah uh she knows how to uh, she really knows how to uh one up some people in a lot of the movies as probably a couple of times in her actual real life you're the one who's read a Marilyn bi biography i haven't but she is able to one up men and figure out a way to deal with their sexual uh, uh, bullshit while still trying to be her own person. And a lot of uh, the movies where she's starring that are basically more or less, I mean, it basically riffs on that idea and or have uh, been riffs on that idea. And she got better as an actress as she, you know, went along, you know, from like four, 49 and 50 to like her last few her last few pictures in 59 60 and 61 she was a she got better she got a much more she got to be a sharper actress i think she just got better as an actress i've never been a big uh fan of her as far as like sex symbol i i've always been a lana turner rita hayworth and uh 
you know, Jane Mansfield person. Mansfield is my blonde, not not uh, really? Marilyn. But uh, out of all the blondes that are around I think there. I can guess why. I'll calm down. But um, the we're not going to... Well, let's move on. But the... Uh, <laughs> But uh, I really. What are your two? What are your favorite Marilyn movies? Before we get into, you um, might rec- re- review some. But what are off the top of your head? Off the you? top of my head, um, probably. Let me probably uh, let me think. Um, Niagara, which I think is a really interesting. Um, I realize I have not seen that one. That's one of the very few. That's one of the ones I have not seen, and it's like a film noir, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it, it's and it's a, and she also plays a steamy femme fatale or something like that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And How to Marry a Millionaire. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. And it, you didn't need that for yeah. Okay, great. Um, How to Marry a Millionaire. I haven't seen that one in a long time. So there there's ones that we should probably revisit. Or, sure. Yeah. But um, let's let's get in. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this. Get this over with really, fucking uh quickly. Um, the first thing that jumped out to me was it, it, the. The one, the two things that impressed me the most were the vis- how visually stunning, and how pitch perfect the production design and the cinematography. Yeah, it looked great. The costumes were great. A lot of the recreations were amazing on the film sets and the wedding footage um, with Arthur Miller. If anyone's actually seen those pictures or that video, it was spot on. Yeah. It's just so interesting how he supposedly delved deep for all these iconic images and iconic stories and didn't really, you know, th- again, the director just shows that she d- he does not care about Marilyn as a person. Well, it seems like it was a movie made by someone that specifically doesn't like her, like it was a hit project. Yeah, and it, 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 seemed, it, it seemed sadistic and mm-hmm. s- say it, it, it's... It's sadism that I haven't seen on film in a long, I mean, that explicitly in that a, a long while. And, you know, Marilyn projects or projects about Marilyn can often uh, delve or, you know, just projects in general about Marilyn can roll into exploitation a whole bunch because of how she died, because of how she tr- yeah. how she was treated when she was alive, which is like horseshit, which is horrible. It's, and it's just showing this. And I don't know. I didn't really it's not that it was uh, you know it it didn't surprise me as a movie it didn't do anything new as far as what the bullshit on the internet was saying uh, what people have said about Maryland it didn't really you know well it's anything interesting it is we we are aware that it's fictionalized and based on a book that I believe was published in 1980 yeah I believe so by Joyce Carol Oates so we know that this is a fictionalized portrayal we know a lot of it is made up we are well aware of this That, that it's not a biography and I I'm fine with not biography shit but when you give it's extremely frustrating when you give your protagonist no agency no anything she was barely even a character let alone a protagonist like you said no agency she was just kind of this vessel that was just floating through scenes there wasn't a very highly structured plot due to like how the how the book is structured it's in like a bunch of chapters that are like four to five pages long so it, it is kind of a vignette book and when you try and put that on screen and all these vignettes and this your main character is just floating through them, being acted upon by all these other people and outside forces, it makes it hard to care about 
any of the characters in this movie. And it, not for and not for lack of tr- the actors are really trying. Everyone is really the, there's the acting isn't the problem here. No, that none because we got big st- we have big stars. We have the the big uh, help the need to show it twice. Yeah, because I I, you must I have thought I saw that the first one. Okay, because I did I don't there was no reason for. I, I'm I, sorry. I'm not. We're not going to talk about it in the pod. It was too much of a. I, I just don't understand. I don't want to spoil were, anything. I don't under, understand <laughs> what the purpose of of that was storytelling wise cinematically it was it was just um invasive for not i feel the what did you think of that what did you think of the actress that played her mom during the entire thing do you think that was overdone because that actress often plays crazy crazy ladies or quote unquote you know, people with mental. Yeah. You know. Well, well, Gladys Baker did have schizophrenia. Paranoid yeah. schizophrenia, I believe, is what the um, the believed diagnosis was. Um, in the movie, they said that it it was a mystery illness, didn't have a name. So I don't know if they specifically diagnosed that at the time. Yeah, or if schizophrenia was that big of a th- thing in the 30s and 40s. Like, well, I mean, people have always 30s, had mental 40s. illness. Or no, it, it, whether it's well, it was well known as schizophrenia in the late 30s Yeah, or I'm not 40s. sure how so well researched it was at the time. Well, it's just, it, it and yeah, I, it, it, we all, I mean, for those of you who really know Marilyn Monroe, we all know the beats of her career of what happened yeah. and how she... It, they just made. There was no real reason for this to be made. I hate saying that since it's a dude I actually admire as a director. But this was just they put together, and I guess it, it's in the book as well. But the whole subplot of Edward G. Robinson and Charlie Chaplin Jr. Uh, their their sons, you know, supposedly having three ways and having a supposed yes. Apparently, anyway. she did date um, Cast Chaplin. For a time, and she did know Edward G. Robinson Jr. as well. But um, from what I've read, there doesn't seem to have been any overlap. So that all was, um, that's all oats. That, that's <laughs> all, all oats. Yeah, yeah, that's all. She she made that up to, I know she did a lot of research for the novel. And she just kind of put together the bits that she thought would make it a more interesting book. And I believe that was also very controversial when it first came out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm for controversy. I'm... F- I'm for controversial work. I actually admire controversial work, but this is not something that passed my must on. Yes, anything. it just it didn't need to be nearly as long, um, and just yeah, it would have been nice if there were. I mean, like you said, we know the beats, we know her story in general, and as you know, piecemeal as the as the novel is, if there could have been kind of a more overarching, coherent through plot mm-hmm. and cut off a half hour maybe yeah and shaved just, at least 40 minutes of this thing just make it a little bit more more succinct and make her a stronger character which she was and which was an, yeah. she was a troubled person but she you know wasn't an idiot yeah you cut off 30 minutes it's, the, it's two hours and 15 which is the same amount of the movie we're going to be uh, yeah. discussing next the other the i guess it was making a the thing I broke down was yeah, trauma is hard. Make sure you have someone to suffer with. I, it's just a phrase that came in my head while watching this is that she seemed to be going through so much trauma and seemed to cling to so many, or at least the portrayal of Marilyn, she seemed, or, or Norma Jean seemed to be clinging to people that could be her lifeline out of 
like this terrible feeling that she had in her body for being treated like shit for so many years. Well, I think that in and of itself wasn't unrealistic because no. that's also portrayed in the next movie. Yeah, just of like all the uh, daddy issues are. But all of this was so heavy-handed. It was it's, very heavy-handed. It, the, the at the beginning of the movie, and I also wrote this down too. But the beginning of the movie has his dad it, it a, his a painting of his dad or a picture painting of, of his dad. dad just freaking of her dad just like talking hello daughter this is what is going on and then at the last third of the movie we have letters from him saying i wish we could be connected but we're Everything is so awful, and yeah, I hear yeah, about and the, everything. Yeah, the ending that you of that is and... from the book, where it turns out to not have been actually her father, and that's just even even in the novel. That what a cruel thing to make up. Yeah, and it, it wasn't even existed. your father. It was. It's just. But, but none of that. None of that actually happened, and it's like okay, you know. Dramatic purposes, I get, but that, like I said, it's just a cruel thing to make up about a person, you know, or people who actually existed. The The problem is, is that most people are stupid and they will take some a good portion of this movie to, like, it's, like, it's more or less true. Like, they, they'll, they'll be okay with this particular myth, and I hope people dig deeper into who she was as a person, about who she was as an actress. You know, it, this... Oh God! Well, this... so so many so many scenes from both of these movies are you know, are scenes with you know, one, two, or three people, and unless you've spoken with one of those three people, <laughs> this is this is a figment of a writer's. Problem is, is that everyone's dead. <laughs> more, I'm not everyone, but a good portion of yes, like everyone in this story is more or less dead. So all you have is, and yeah, there was. This was just. I have nothing else to say. I have so more, so many notes that just keeps on saying this is empty. This is awful. This is you do not need to do this. Strip Marilyn's drug, and that's the other thing that kind of pissed oh, me yeah, off. Oh yeah, that was really about the, interesting. She didn't even they didn't even really put any of the her alcoholism or how she liked to drink earlier on in her career, or and didn't the, put uh, in any of this until and later on. Yeah, which were very prevalent in old Hollywood. We know this. And it's odd because they made it seem like that wasn't an issue until after her miscarriage. That's one thing that, that kind of blew my mind is this movie is obsessed with daddy issues, which we have a good uh, idea. We know that was going to go in there anyway because of Marilyn anyway. Yeah, yeah. Which, we ha which we have a good idea um, d what did affect her a a quite a bit throughout her life. But also it's obsessed with pregnancy and abortion And as abortion. Well. And that, and it, it, it shows some it, it might even be telling like a anti-abortion like algorithm you know not allegory i was about to say algorithm yeah but now is not the time now is not the i don't think that i mean even even you got to be deft and uh, and careful and subtle with this shit a you're Austri just because you're australian doesn't mean you can do whatever the hell you want with one of our icons and apparently you are doing whatever but it's just this need I hate to sound like such a fucking dope ass you know uh, feminist but this probably needed to be written by a woman and and directed by a woman mm. and put together by a woman about and someone who would understand the book uh, from a woman's perspective and someone that would be able to not just give us like a stark artistic look rather than and maybe an even honest, sober look at how rough her fucking life was, and it just, it just, it seemed like it. People have 
compared this on Letterboxd and all over a whole bunch of other rating sites to both The Last Temptation of Christ and my beloved Fire, Fire Walk With Me. They're calling it, yeah. It's, and I do not think either one of those comparisons really, you know... It, it, I get what they're trying to do, but I, I don't like, think I don't think it meshes well. A, those two filmmakers are better filmmak uh, better filmmakers, and B, I I think there was a lot more in those stories that uh, they're, they're, this is just so hollow. I'm sorry. Just, yeah, actually, yeah. that's a really good word for it, and it really gave me the impression like <clears throat> as a woman, you can be you know the biggest movie star in the world, literally. But if you didn't have a daddy and you don't have any babies, it just turns you into some sort of empty crazy lady. And you're and no, and that's bullshit. And that so many people are not. And that's something. Like I know that she I really she did have three miscarriages, and I'm I'm sure she was devastated about that because it's a devastating thing. And I do think she probably did want children, but I don't I don't I don't know if that completely took over her and you know I mean I'm sure it just added to the pain that she was already in but this just seemed to to dwell on it so much yeah and uh, for no re no real reason yeah and create create you know pregnancies that we have no idea whether or not those actually happen I think one of them was either a where she where she not a miscarriage but where she lost a baby I, I was under the impression I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be a dream sequence flashing back to the the first procedure or if they they were saying that she had a second procedure and it was one of the Kennedy's babies. I was actually They made it really confused. even more confusing. Yeah. Not only is this new movie on Netflix which is probably still in the top 10 super confusing. It is also it's not only is it horrible it's also confusing it doesn't make And it. honestly it was boring. And boring. It, it really it, was just plotting. They could cut a lot of this fucking shit out and they they could put a, some actual stuff rather than just uh, It's I, like I okay, it's like okay she's doing this movie she's doing that movie um, okay, we gotta hit Joe DiMaggio. We're just we were we're just waiting for the hits. We gotta hit Joe DiMaggio. We gotta hit Arthur Miller. We gotta hit JFK. We we're just waiting for these, and they gave us little bits and pieces of of all of that, but it just plodded along and didn't really delve into any part enough to make us. There were probably only in like there were probably only like two shots in this movie that are really worth uh, worth checking that out. The one in which it's, uh, I guess it's really, uh, there's like a handful of shots where you actually think it's actually Marilyn. Where you actually think it's Marilyn. They did get some and, good angles on and it, yeah. it. And you start to question. There's one particular shot, and I don't care about uh, spoiling this since this has been seen by so many people. But there's one particular shot where, that is in Some Like It Hot, that is... It, you're watching her sing and it really does look like it's from the movie mm -hmm. and then like when she closes her eyes it might be a it it, it it and she puts her head down i think that's when the cut was and they a get anna dissolve. to do that and a soft dissolve not yeah but yeah when they do that it uh, that's when i oh wow and that was well done it was like oh there's anna again because i whether or not that was Anne at the beginning or not, uh, uh, closing her eyes and singing like that, I didn't think so, but it might still be. I have to look into that. But it's, uh, yeah, it just, it's it's a technical achievement, and it has some handful of really interesting 
really good shots where you think it's actually Marilyn. But other than that, it's... <laughs> she's a helpless vessel in a hollow movie that yeah. isn't really saying anything new, and I hate... And... Yeah, like, near the beginning, when she shows up, and she's like, oh, I'm here to see Mr. Z, and that just leads to a very unpleasant... I wonder re- who Mr. Z yes, is. Yes, we all know mm. who, who Mr. Z is. Um, and then it's a, just an unpleasant rape scene, and then the next scene is, well, if your name is Marilyn Monroe, you're in. We all know that, <laughs> I mean, fictionalized or not, we all know that she drove all over L.A., going to modeling classes, going to acting classes, getting this gig, that gig. You know, she was discovered in the munitions factory, and she did bit parts, in the, you know, starting in the late 40s. It wasn't, you know, show up at Xanax's office, get raped, and then all of a sudden you're, you've got a contract at Fox. And... And I mean, for the people who say, ooh, this isn't a biography, it's an art piece. Yeah, well, who if even if it is an art piece, it still needs to have some sort of coherence. You still need to uh, entice it. You still need to show the viewer something that it, he will, if you want to consider yourself an artist, you still need to, you're provoking the audience. Sure, we're pissed off about it. Nearly everybody are round is pissed off about it, and I guess that's what art is supposed to do but I guess because you pick such a uh, accomplished and a touchy figure mm-hmm. such a, uh, that we have much uh, who all of us whether we like it or not have a real uh, connection to a because uh, we think of her as someone who uh, was who died in the 60s that lost that we think of her in the movies as like an innocence thing, and then when she supposedly gets killed or dies or the overdose happens in 64, that is just more confirmation. 62? Yeah, uh, 62, gosh, ugh, whatever. 62, that is a, um, that that is something that uh, kind of tells us what the 60s are going <laughs> to kind of what the 60s is going to be for the for the next decade what yeah. the next decade is going to be the year later JFK dies 5 years uh you know 6 years 5 5 years after that to three or four huge uh big uh people that we believe that America believed in as like the ideal all got like bulldozed or mowed down or killed within like yeah. a 10 year span and then we're we're in the cynicism of the seventies and Watergate. Anyway, but um, yeah, that was anyway. But I don't know where I was going with that. But there was, it 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 just seems like such a touch touchy subject, especially with such a iconic character. And when you're when you fuck with that really hardcore and don't show it any sort of love, compassion, or really mm-hmm. any sort of empathy at all, it just comes off. As um, and I don't need to sound all whatever, but it just comes off misogynistic. Now I don't know. It comes off like patriarchy. Bird. It sound. I mean, just comes off like he should not be doing anything with this. This is just yeah. It it just seemed kind of mean spirited. The whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's the uh, you. Uh, I don't. I don't think we have anything else to say. No, I, I mean, there are some names. There are some faces. There are some uh, images. If you want to spend two hours and. 47 minutes of nothing but sadist cinema. I mean, if you want, I mean, if you, I'm doing sadist cinema tonight, me, you know, that you put this freaking thing on. But other than that, it is really not worth your time. It's not even worth, yeah, it's not worth two hours and 47 minutes. I'm going to choose to never think about this film again. Thank you. Well, I guess zero out of zero from Miranda. 
Um, why don't we think about... Uh, and now that we've gotten that shit out of the way, let's talk positively about something much better that uh, you can enjoy and actually get that has some forethought and some worth and some intelligence behind it. Let's go into Norma May and... Who's Norma May? Norma Jean. Who's Norma May? I, uh, I feel bad now. Uh, let's that's, say that again. That's not even the Sally Field movie, then. No, no, it's not. I don't know who Norma May is. <laughs> Norma Jean and Marilyn from 1996. Now, this had an intriguing idea for how we're going to explore Marilyn as a person and Marilyn as, you know, as an idea or and Marilyn as a story. Yeah, Do you it, wanna... this was also, also um, partially based on a fictionalized version of her life, um, a book called Norma Jean, My Secret Life with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. That was published in 1989 um, by uh, uh, Ted Jordan. Wow. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. I'm I'm just looking at this. Um, Ted Jordan. That's why I remember when we were watching the movie, and I kept um, they kept referring to her actor boyfriend friend um, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's actually Ted Jordan. He was the one that wrote the book, and he claimed to have a years long relationship. That's why that character was so prominent in this movie. And that's why it actually feels like you actually knew a bit of Marilyn. You yeah. spent some actual. Dine with her. That's interesting. That's fantastic. And I and it's played in the movie by Josh Charles, yes. one of uh, New York uh, stage and screen, a, you know, a, a Sorkin regular. Anyway, but um, I really like this. Think it, it. Miranda introduced me to this movie. You now there are plenty of portrayals of Marilyn throughout the years, but I've never seen this one. And I've yeah, never seen... I'm surprised you've never seen it. it. It was made for TV. It was made for. It was an HBO production. I, I've heard. I've heard of it before. I believe uh, this and this. Uh, not to, who gives a shit if we spoil it? It's over a year, twenty years old, but it's also very hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere. Not even HBO Max, which is really. But odd. L- lucky for us, we, I went down to Amoeba a week ago, and now we have ten <laughs> Marilyn or eight Mar- nine Marilyn Monroe Marilyn Monroe movies, and one uh, the Norma the Jean and Marilyn film as well. But. Um, this came out in uh, 1996, I want to say, and I I love what they did with this. Well, the the idea um, we do right. see we see Norma Jean played by Ashley Judd. There's um, quite a few flashbacks. We do get into her into her home life with her mother, and then having to live with I believe it was her aunt. Yeah. Um, and her husband for a while, but then dropping her off at the orphanage, which. Um, the actress appeared to be about, I don't know, 12, 13, 12, 13 um, yeah. being dropped off, at, um, being left at the orphanage. And in the previous movie, she was closer to seven. Well, yes, but we're not going to, yeah, that. well, that's that's the main difference. And I, I that's one of the main differences. But at least they got a lot more right. I felt a lot more emotionally atta- attached to Norma Jean. I felt really... Uh, and her, you know, and once she became Marilyn afterwards, to have Norma, yeah, to have well, the, the yeah, way they, the way they did it was really, really interesting, and I yeah. and I very much prefer it to the previous film. Is um, 
Norma Jean um, is super driven as a model. Mm-hmm. And then she, um, I mean, yes, through through sexual favors, whether this happened or not, we do, we do, you know, there's there's, there's no a possibility way, a good some yeah, there's it, there's but. no way to know. Um, so there is definitely that. Um, she goes through Eddie to his uncle to the her um, this agent Johnny, yeah. and that's who she how she gets attached to 20th Century Fox and Daryl Zanuck, and Zanuck doesn't want her. Um, so he basically says, you know, oh, you know, her nose isn't right, her chin isn't right, she's not blonde enough, blah 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 blah. So she bleaches her hair further. I do believe um, we know that she did get a nose job. The chin, I'm not sure about. Um, I really like the interesting portrayal of the um, old timey electrolysis to get rid of her widow's peak oh, yeah. and raise her hairline an inch. That was really cool. And then she reemerges as Marilyn Monroe played by Mira Sorvino so that we get a lot of both Norma Jean and Marilyn Monroe on screen at the same time intera- interacting with one another and it's basically the idea is how the past continued to haunt Marilyn Monroe and how that contributed to her pain. And it also shows like her uh, uh, her quote-unquote bad side or wild side is separate from or like the real her is separate her and how much she had to how much she felt like she was battling herself by trying to be other people for, uh, trying to be other people for other people and how much that kind of tore her up inside no matter no wonder she drank so much no wonder she dealt because she was dealing with so much shit on and constantly but uh, from so many like evil patriarchy bad men that are just like you know I, I want you to do this movie and then also sit on my cock and then do you know just dealing with that i thought it was one of the most inspired probably the most inspired way to tell the Marilyn story well you know breaking while well, delving deep into her uh her psychology which had been fractured since she was since she was abused as a child and you yeah, know it, her it, herself as a child it does get into some of her um supposed childhood sexual abuse i think that's why they aged up the the actress yeah um playing norma jean as a child you know, you can't do that with a seven-year-old. And then right before we actually see Mira Sorvino um, as Marilyn, um, there's a really interesting short scene of her backing up a car yeah. and running over her childhood self. Yeah. Like, that—that that is heavy-handed. That's heavy-handed, but it's clever enough, and you do not know where... It, you do not... I didn't see it coming, it's not like, really. Yes, I am literally killing my <laughs> old self. <laughs> Well, I it just it just made it, it just kind of a strange way it made me smile because of how obvious and how uh, like how on the nose, but how they how they did it with some intelligence and they some thought behind it. Not you know uh, the problem with the previous movie is that I think it was fueled by cr- uh, by cruelty, and this one is fueled by what would. It, it, by being honest and straight and trying to do a new spin on on how uh, on who Marilyn was and it's not and it's fueled by like love and ooh let's let's do this as as an interesting idea and like yes, let's go with that yeah this was a, a story written and directed by someone who seemed interested in this person as a uh, you know, larger than life icon, but also as an actual human being. Well, it was written by a woman named Jill Isaacs, who um, 
uh, adapted it from the uh, a book by Anthony Summers, and um, yeah, it just it really it it really really uh, made me happy. It was like, oh, I don't ever have to think about Blonde again or watch Blonde again. I can rewatch that Ashley Judd movie. Uh, the Ashley Judd Marisuvino uh, movie. Well, the year before, she of course, uh, Ashley Judd was in Heat, but Marisuvino, I believe this was the same year, if I'm not mistaken. This is the same. Oh, oh yeah, Mighty Aphrodite, which was the Woody Allen movie, which she won uh, an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. This uh, that that came out in '95. So this was, you oh. know, so they were both coming off uh, really amazing performances and really huge movies by big directors and you know you know the same year that she did this uh that she did this Mira Sorvino also did uh Beautiful Girls and um it was only a year later that Mira Sorvino did Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion oh, I love that movie and uh we she's might want to so, rewatch yeah, that so, again she's but so she's good so that. good in that and so she's kind of in the zone right now mm-hmm. in this like area of of 90s stuff where she's really on fuck on top of the world. And yes, fun fact I mentioned this while we were watching it mm-hmm. is um Arthur Miller, the actual Arthur Miller was so taken with her portrayal of Marilyn and like, "Oh wow, that really was very much what Ashley she was." Judd or Mira? Oh, uh, Mira. Mira. Is like that um, well, Arthur Miller wouldn't know much about Norman yeah, Norman Jean. No. At the time they met, um, <laughs> like wow, that really captured her. That seems like the woman I knew. And Mira found out about this because he mentioned that to Winona Ryder when they were working on the Crucible. And Winona told Mira, and she was like, "Oh wow, that's just the big, biggest compliment ever." Which yes, it would be. Yeah, if if the guy who actually knew. Her version of, like, Marilyn. Yeah, one of her husbands. Yeah, one of her husbands actually says, Ooh, that's that's the lady I married. When she sees you on screen, that's a hell of a fucking thing to... Yeah, and I do like how they portrayed him and her relationship. Yeah, they actually... It felt like the relationships in this movie were, were real. Detailed, people. depth. had depth. Really, you could see it on the actors' faces. What they were... It, it just... It, it's just a much... Much much better movie, mm-hmm. and I said this in my, uh, I said, I said this uh, uh, well in my blonde review. I uh, uh, there are better. I mean, if you want to see a Marilyn Marilyn Monroe movie, watch an actual Marilyn Monroe movie. You do not. Need there are to tons see. of them. There are so many of them, and she is really uh, she's really good as a young ingenue facing off with betty davis she needed that was a great scene in Regina and maryland yes that was a really great scene they really cast well in that freaking that was that's the other thing in this movie from 1996 the norma jean maryland movie is that it's so well cast it is like pitch perfectly cast and the casting was good in the other movie too that that was the plus that was the one of the very few pluses with the other movie but you know when they just they had uh they had Ron Rifkin one of my fucking favorites is in the Norman Jean Maryland movie. Who did There's he a, play? He played the uh, uh, Johnny Hyde, one of their very first old. Uh, oh yeah, guys the the, the agent that gets yeah. you started. Yeah, yeah, we get started. and we get yeah we get to see Betty Davis. We get to see Billy Wilder. We get to 
See uh, Lee Strasberg. Yeah, Montgomery Cliff. The, yes, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs, Combs. from uh, Reanimator actually freaking pulled that off, and Stephen Culp as Robert F. Kennedy, and that was uh, that. Uh, he's a really, I really that was a good love, I love I, him. I really Lindsay love... Krauss uh, as Natasha Leites. Uh, um, yes, her. Um, what would you call like, it coach her acting coach her acting coach or voice coach or yeah the, the russian coach? woman yeah. that she often had to have on set and yeah. caused rifts with her directors and whatnot i like that that was actually portrayed because we know that that, that, was that person existed and it caused um, a lot of you know trouble on set so it was nice to see that you know like like you said and um, you know she needed people to lean on yeah and we actually see that in in a more human way with the relationships between the All humanity is there. Life. That's yeah. the whole thing about the movie is that it's not just because we're 90s obsessives. It's not oh. just because of that. It, if this was made in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, whenever, the important thing is, is it, it's a really well-written, well-structured, well-put-together movie. And we, uh, for those of you who are listening... Watch that instead. If if you can't take the first twenty minutes of Blonde, and honestly, it that was a, the first twenty minutes of that movie was hard to fucking yeah. swallow. If you can't take any of that, I understand that is awful. I would just watch just watch that movie. That's that's the episode. That's basically what we're going to be. That's what you're saying for today is that that it's just a much better movie and. For the movie, for those of you who uh, want to know some Maryland movies who are listening, what uh, you know, there uh, I perf- I like some like it hot as well as the Asphalt Jungle. A mainly because it shows it, it's between a nine-year span. Uh, Asphalt Jungle came out in 1950, and uh, some like it hot came out in 59. You can see how she gets better as an, uh, as an actress, how she how she gets better comedically as an actress and in some much more different roles in Asphalt Jungle. It's a much smaller role, but you get to see what uh, what type of magic that she kind of has even in those early days. And then when you get to Some Like It Hot, she is, it feels like she's in complete, even though we've gotten some portrayals to the, to the contrail, mm-hmm. uh, contrary that she was having trouble on that project, a lot. She, she was having a lot of trouble on that project. The actual project, the actual product, the actual movie is 